today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Here's this mighty, almighty, majestic God that loves me. He's a big God who is like unto Him. And I'm comparing other things to Him. How about the problems in my life? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? He's a big God. If He can do that, I'm pretty sure He can cover next month's rent. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. Sometimes the problems in our lives can distract us from God. But in today's message, Pastor J.D. explains that doing so is the same as equating our problems to God himself. We all know that God is bigger than our worldly problems. So then why should we ever let our problems outweigh God's strength? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 40 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. See, the Holy Spirit takes the Holy Word And He penetrates the heart, because God sees the heart. He knows the need of the heart, and He knows exactly what it is that that heart needs to hear. That's why it is that sometimes you'll be sharing the Lord with somebody, or even just encouraging somebody, and you know it's not you. You you know it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you, because as you're speaking, you're going, wow, this is really good stuff. (laughs) This is not me. Man, I wish I could record this because this is really good. It can't be me. That's the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the person that you're speaking to and sharing the word with or the gospel with, they will look at you with a look like, how did you know? Know what? Many years ago, this is back on the mainland, I always use illustrations from the mainland, not here for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. So I'm preaching my heart out and teaching the Word. And Afterwards I had somebody come up to me and, and they were really upset with me. I'm like, man, you know, I just, what, what's this something I said? <laughs> they were like, how did you know? I'm like, what are you talking about? Did somebody call you? I'm like, no. About what? It's like, you didn't know? No. Well, as it turns out, I'm teaching in the Holy Spirit. It was a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge that the Holy Spirit fine-tuned to that sister's heart to hear exactly what she needed to hear. And I had no clue. I'm just clueless. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just up here going. I mean, you must have heard a different sermon than the one I preached. I always know that's the case because the Holy Spirit does that. Thank God the Holy Spirit does that. He takes the teaching of His Word, and as it leaves my lips as the mouthpiece, as the vessel, He fine-tunes it to the need of your heart. I had no idea. In fact, if I could be so uh, candid and open with you, 
I didn't even remember her name. And she thinks that I knew what happened last week. And I said from the pulpit exactly what she needed to hear about what had happened that week. No, that was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, speaking through the Word of God to the people of God. That's the Word of God. It endures forever. Verse 9, O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and His arm shall rule for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him, and His work before Him. He will feed, verse 11, His flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with His arm, and carry them in His bosom, and gently lead those who are with young. You know, in the New Testament, Jesus is the Good Shepherd, the Great Shepherd, and the chief shepherd, and he's gentle. You know what this speaks to? This speaks to how Jesus, as the good shepherd, gently carries the weakest among us close to his heart, his bosom. You know, if you put him over the shoulder, that's, that's the shoulder for strength. When you put him close to your heart, that's for comfort. They can hear the heartbeat. You know, uh, before our first son was born, we read all the books on parenting. I mean, we thought, we're going to be perfect parents. And then our first son was born. I think we had a book burning party after that. (laughs) But all of these books on, you know, bonding, and you know, they had this uh, over-the-shoulder baby holder. We called it a womb with a view because (laughs) it sort of simulated the womb and the baby's head was right by the heart and it would soothe them and calm them and settle them. And also when babies don't sleep, that's one way to get them to sleep because they feel so comforted and secure and the tightness of this, it just sort of mimics that security of the womb. And so when we had our first son, I wore him a lot. I was a very secure man. I would go to the store and I, you know, I dressed up and I had my son in this thing and everybody's looking at me like, are you a man? <laughs> yes, I am, as a matter of fact. I'm a very secure man, as a matter of fact. But I carried my son, and I wore him. And to this day, the bond that I have with my son is so strong, so strong because of that. And that's what the picture is here. He, he carries us close to his heart to comfort us, to settle us, to secure us. Verse 12, kind of turn a corner here. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Um, 
You? Correct. That is the correct answer. Measured heaven with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. Weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Who's done that? The Lord's done that. Uh, What's happening here? Well, this is what's known as an anthropomorphism, which is a way of speaking about God in human terms for us to better understand. So we say the heart of God, the hand of God, the mind of God, as we're going to talk about in a moment. These are all anthropomorphic terms so that we can have a better understanding of God, because you've got this problem of an infinite God trying to reveal Himself to finite man. How's that possible? You have to, the finite cannot contain the infinite. So God sort of comes down to our level and speaks in terms that we can understand the heart of God, the hand of God. Here, God is saying through Isaiah that I measured the waters in the hollow of my hand, all of the waters of the earth in the hollow of my hand. And I measured heaven with a span, and I calculated the amount of the dust of the earth. And not only that, but I actually weighed all of the mountains uh, in scales. Wow, do the scales, can they, do they go that high? Yeah. Again, it's a metaphor, an anthropomorphism, but what God is saying here is, I created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is, and they're in the palm of my hands. Now this is going to come into play here in a moment. Verse 13. Again, these are rhetorical questions. And this is kind of humorous a little bit. Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or as his counselor has taught him? Okay, I've tried. (laughs) I tried to counsel the Lord, advise the Lord, direct the Lord. You know, when I pray, I'll just kind of, you know, give him some suggestions. Come on, you've done that too. Can you imagine God saying, wow, J.D., that, I never thought of that. I, thank you so much for that counsel and advice and that suggestion. I will take that into consideration. No. Verse 14, with whom did he take counsel? And who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge? and showed him the way of understanding. God is all-knowing, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. God is infinite in His wisdom. The Apostle Paul quotes this in Romans 11.34, says, For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become His counselor? Like, we're going to counsel God. We're going to advise God. Who of us knows the mind of God? We cannot know the mind of God. We are finite. He is infinite. Verse 15, 
This is where we get a famous saying, by the way. Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket. You've heard that? You've said that? You've used that? You're quoting Scripture. Next time somebody says, oh, that's just a drop in the bucket. Oh, that's Isaiah 40 verse 15. Do you know how many sayings we have today that came from the Word of God? Here's one of them, one of many. Now, what is as a drop in the bucket? Oh, the nations. Oh, to God, they're only a drop in the bucket? Yeah, and it gets better. And they are counted as the small dust on the scales. Check this out. So in that day, this is how they would uh, buy and sell, you know, the commerce. They would, you know, have the scales. So if you wanted to buy a pound of something, they would have an equal weight on the other side of the scale to measure it out. So you were purchasing an honest pound of whatever it is that you were buying. What they would do, though, is sometimes dust would collect on the scale. So the seller would blow the dust off of the scale so as to make sure that it was an accurate weight. That's what he's saying here. He's saying the nations, they're not only a drop drop in the bucket, they're like the dust that the guy blows off the scale. Because we don't want there to be any kind of a, you know, skewing of the weight. That's what the nations are? Yeah. Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing, And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor its beasts sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. What? What? What is Isaiah saying here? Oh, he's saying that if you were to take all the cedars of Lebanon, all the wood to make a fire, and all of the beasts to offer as a sacrifice, as a burnt offering, you wouldn't even come close. Because the nations are like dust on the scales, a drop in the bucket. What's the point? The point is, let's put this into perspective. From my perspective, that's what the nations are. That's what it is to me. Let's put this into perspective. Because you see, I'm a big God. And that problem in your life has fancied itself as being a big problem. But when you see it through this lens, and your big God, this is nothing. In fact, (laughs) I get a kick out of this. Not only is it nothing, it's less than nothing. Is that a thing? Yes, it is. (laughs) Less than nothing. I mean, you got nothing, and it's even less than nothing. What is that? I mean, is is that a number? Is that like a minus number? Because if nothing is zero, this is less than zero. That's making my hair hurt, so let's just move on. I want to just say one more thing on this real quick. You know, with what's happening today, nation rising against nation, as Jesus said it would be at the time of the end, is one of the signs. And 
with what's happening right now in the world, I think about what's happening in Lebanon. Speaking of Lebanon, I just saw a report today. I, I wept, man. These are my countrymen in Beirut, Lebanon right now. The economy's collapsed. The government's collapsed. Hezbollah, Iran has taken over. And, and they show those images on the streets. And then we can bring Afghanistan into the picture if you want. I mean, it's just horrific. It's unthinkable what's happening with the nations right now. But when I see it through God's perspective, and then it, it puts it into perspective. It's like, ah, God's got this. God's got this. I don't see it through the world's lens. I see it through the Word's lens. And that changes everything. That changes my perspective. Verse 18, To whom then will you liken God? Do you see where God's going with this through Isaiah? I mean, he's sort of arguing his case, and he's basically proving beyond any doubt, not just reasonable doubt, beyond any doubt that He is God, and who is like unto you, O God? To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to Him? The workman molds an image. He has to create his own God. Not me. God created me. I didn't create my God. <laughs> my God created me. Uh, the workman molds an image. The goldsmith overspreads it with gold. And the silversmith casts silver chains. Whoever is too impoverished for such a contribution, they can't afford the gold and all that. So they choose a tree to make their God. But they got to make sure that the tree will not rot, because that would not be good. Your God starts to rot, because it's made of wood. And the termites get into your God. That's not good either. I'm being silly for a reason. You'll see why here in a moment. He seeks for himself a skillful workman to prepare a carved image that will not totter. Oh, okay, so let's say we got the God done now. I couldn't afford the gold and silver, so I got a wooden God. Okay, now I'm going to put my God up here. You know, it's not good when you've got to carry your God instead of your God. But you've got to put your God up on the thing there. That's your God now. But then somebody walks along and bumps it, and it starts to totter, and your God could fall. And if your God falls, you've got to pick your God back up and put him back up. Hey, you can ask the Philistines about that. Remember the account when they captured the Ark of the Covenant, and they put it in their temple of their false god, the god Dagon? <laughs> and they leave the Ark of the Covenant there. The next morning they <clears throat> wake up, they go into the temple, and their god, which is a fish man god, this carven image, it fell down before the Ark of the Covenant, and it broke, and they had to put their God back together and put Him back up. I want you to think about that for just a moment. You've got to care for your God because your God can't care for you because your God is no God at all. That's what God's saying. <laughs> Who are you going to... You think that's a God? <laughs> Watch me now. Um, before you 
come down too hard on them, these pagans, these Philistines who worship this god Dagon, which I wonder if, by the way, that's where they came up with the word Dagonet when it fell, but I don't know. I, that, I might be reading too much into it. I just think about those things. But could you imagine that you, you walk in, your God is on, on its face before the Ark of the Covenant. That should tell you something right there. And you got to put it back together, glue it back together, put it back up. That's what God's saying here. God's saying, I am God. <laughs> These are not gods. You're going to compare these wooden gods that can fall and break into pieces to me? And I've measured the waters in my hand. All the waters in the world, in, in the palm of my hand. Uh, with the, the, the width of my hand. I, as a kid, I remember my dad, when he didn't have a tape measure and he wanted to measure something, he did this. It's a hand width. That's what they would do. They would, and God's saying, yeah, I measured, I measured the heavens and just with my hand. Okay, oh, not big. Really? That's a, that's a big hand. <laughs> that's the point. I'm a big God. Now, watch what happens when we get to verse 21. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. In other words, the same God who measures with his hand and has the waters in the palm of his hand, carries you close to his heart, the same God. Here's this mighty, almighty, majestic God that loves me. He's a big God who is like unto him, and I'm comparing other things to him. How about the problems in my life. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? He's a big God. If He can do that, I'm pretty sure He can cover next month's rent. If God can do this, I'm pretty sure He can take care of that. That's nothing. That's actually less than nothing, remember? There's something here I have to, I, I would be grossly remiss if I didn't mention it, and it's a thing now. And it's for those who are entertaining proponents of a flat earth. This has sort of regained traction and momentum as of late. Let me just lovingly say, and I, and I do say this, and the Lord knows my heart, I say this as lovingly, as humbly as I can, that God here in verse 22 is declaring through Isaiah, that the earth is round in the shape of a circle. Now, how did Isaiah know? Because God gave Isaiah supernatural wisdom, because God is speaking through Isaiah, and God is picturing himself as sitting on this big circle, this globe. The earth is not flat. I'm just going to leave it at that. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from Isaiah with Pastor J.D., make sure to really think about what you're hearing and what God wants to speak to you today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly to grow in relationship with God and others. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Isaiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages on our website. We encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and In Spirit and Truth. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with your way. Oh.